Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 6.30 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Service for all brands of print equipment in your office? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio. 6.30 Chad. Welcome back, everybody. This is the second hour of Oilers Now on a Stanley Cup playoff game night. Puck drop, by the way. In and around 7.15, it'll be Jack Michaels and myself along with Rob Brown. Reed Wilkins will have the face-off show. Cam Moon will be a part of that as well, beginning at 5 o'clock today. Our number two of Oilers now is brought to you, as always, by Digitex. And the fine folks at Digitex wish you and yours all the best during these challenging and uncertain times. Digitex.ca is Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office technology and software. Of course, uh, you can text us at any time on the Ashley Fine Floors text line. Get the new floors you've always wanted with Ashley Fine Floors, 143rd Street, 111th Avenue, open Monday through Saturday. Just before we go to uh, David Staples for the Cult of Hockey today, uh, I want to bang off two quick texts because they made me laugh. I said, all right. What are our forward keys to the game? Our Brentridge forward keys to the game for today's game. Ted says, Bob, there's only one key to winning tonight's biggest game of the year. Scoring one more goal than Winnipeg. See, that's the sort of depth that we look for on this show. The simplicity of the messaging there from Ted. Well done. Uh, Stephen from BC says, Bob, great segment with Brian Lawton and Brew Crew adds, Brian Lawton is gold on the show. Well, thank you for uh, uh, giving... Uh, some love the way Brian. Brian's an, an excellent guest, and yes, the type of guy that's been an NHL GM and has interviewed for NHL GM jobs and will uh, continue to be in the mix for some of those jobs uh, carrying forward. All right. Uh, we will tell you that guests on the show receive guest certificates too. Japanese Village now open for takeout orders. Full details at jvedmonton.ca. We're going to head off to the River Cree Resort Casino Hotline for our Oilers Now headliner today for Wilhock Beef Jerky. It just might be the best you've ever tasted. Search for Wilhock, W-I-L-H-A-U-K today from the cult of hockey, David Staples. Hello, David. How are you doing? Bob, I am great. I'm just reading some of the very nervous and angsty texts or tweets out of Winnipeg because uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois is missing tonight from tonight's game and Ehlers is missing, so they're worried in Winnipeg. But I have to say, uh, that's even without those two players, that's one scary group of forwards that the Jets have, so I'm also a little bit uh, on edge today. Well, here's the deal. We know upsets can happen because the Oilers have been on both ends of it. I mean, some would say, well, there's no way they should have ever lost. You know, I had somebody, <laughs> pretty significant Hall of Fame caliber player reach out to me last year after the Oilers lost that playing series to Chicago and said, how do you lose that series? And I said, I don't know. How did you guys lose to LA <laughs> back in 1982? <laughs> like, you had seven Hall of Famers on that team. You guys were like 30 points ahead of the Kings in the regular season and you lost in five. Like, how did you lose that series, you know? And, and I'm, I'm like, Chicago had three Hall of Fame players, Taze, Kane, and Keith in the lineup, and they won two one-goal games And after the teams hadn't played. Like, that's the thing. like anything can happen. Like, David, I think Edmonton's going to win in six. It's not that I'm, you know, I, I'm not going to say the owners are going to sweep the Jets. They've got, first of all, I know how playoffs work. Secondly, I think that Winnipeg is better than their 7-2 and two record that the Oilers had against them in the regular season. Edmonton, you know, went 7-2 and two against Winnipeg. What about you? What do you think in terms of what we saw in the regular season and how it translates to the playoffs? 
Well, I, I think, Bob, that if we see this game, if we see an out, a couple outside shot uh, from Winnipeg get deflected in flukily, we're all going to have a collective nervous breakdown because of what happened last year against Chicago. That's my memory of that series, was just endless point shots directed at the net being deflected in. And, you know, partly on the Oilers, partly not the forwards blocking those shots, but uh, got to stop that. Anyway, th- th- Bob, it's so hard to tell because we, we all know what the record was, 7-2 and two this year. But the Jets, um, you know, the, the Oilers just seem, in the past I've always noticed they've matched up well against different teams. So when the Oilers were kind of a smaller finesse team, you could get one when they would go into Columbus. They would still, you could count on them to play well and probably win the game because they just seem to match up well against certain teams. This this year, the Oilers seem to have really matched up well against the Jets. They're, they're kind of similar teams in a lot of ways. They're fast, forechecking, finesse teams with a lot of skill. Um, and they've had both had good goaltending. So... Um, but the Oilers have been able to just get the better of them at that particular game. The game that's usually played between the two, the Oilers seem to be the slightly better at it. And I've I've seen this, you know, when you look at the grade A chances, Bob, the Oilers had a pretty good year in terms of grade A chances. They were, all right, ex- they were, okay, they first of all, explain to your list, the listeners right now how you uh, formulate and derive the totals for what you consider grade A chances for the two respective teams. Uh, what we do, Bob, is go over a video review of every scoring chance. Uh, we time stamp it. We publish a document so people can go over our work. And a grade A chance is essentially a chance on net, because you can't score if you miss the net, on net um, from the slot area or a one-timer outside the slot area will sometimes count if it's a strong one-timer, let's say from Leon Dreisaitl. So it's, it's, the, it's the, the heart of the game is generating those great scoring chances. And the team that generates more of them, they generally win the game, unless goaltending is a big factor. And this year, when it came to grade-A chances, in the, in the nine games against the Jets, uh, Edmonton had 12 grade-A chances each game and the, uh, on average, and the Winnipeg Jets had nine. So that's a significant edge for the Edmonton Oilers. And as the season went on, it seemed to, you know, that they dominated more and more in that regard. It's a, it, Winnipeg just didn't seem to have the answer for Edmonton. But again, I, they could suddenly come up with it. You know, their, their de- defensemen could bear down. The forwards, in particular, could start backjacking like crazy and clogging up the neutral zone. That could make a difference in this series. So whatever happened in those seven games, even with that huge ed- edge for the Oilers, doesn't necessarily mean much. Well, it's interesting. David Stables from the Cult of Hockey. David, Connor Hellebuck went 2-5 and five with a 3.96 goals against average. 8.77 save percentage against Edmonton. He was 9.23 against everybody else. So he's basically on a Vesna Trophy-type uh, level against everybody else that he placed other than Edmonton. One of the theories that I have on the order shot metric totals is guys like McDavid and Dreisaitl just don't shoot the puck for the sake of shoot the puck. They just don't pump, uh, you know, uh, rubber to the uh, net. They're selective. And as a result, they, they actually create a higher caliber shot on goal than most average players. And that would be evidence they also can complete it. I mean, take a look at the shooting percentage for those two respective players. And I counter that by Nathan McKinnon, who was a below a 10% shooter on a great team that pumps a ton of rubber on the goal. Do you agree or disagree with that evaluation? Well, as you say, Bob, this is going to make for boring radio, but I completely agree. 
um, especially Leon. I mean, he just is such a he can he has the ability to hold the puck, pass the puck. He really likes to wait it out in the offensive zone as long as he can um, to to wait for that great chance or for that great chance to come to him. And you know, we see this year after year. Leon Drysaddle's had pretty good shooting percentages, so so we just know he's getting a, a better quality of shot on average. So we actually look at his his shots, Bob, his grade A shots of his. Seven 74 goals in the last uh, two years, he has scored 39 of them on one-timer shots. 39 of his 74 goals. So he he's obviously looking for that shot, and they're looking for him with that shot. Um, when he shoots that one-timer for a grade-A shot, he scores 35% of the time. That compares to like his, all the other shots he gets, he scores on 13% of them. So they're looking for the one-timer with Leon, and I think with the line they have now with Nugent Hopkins and Yamamoto, if all those guys are healthy, I think they're going to find Leon for the one-timer. And um, he, he, he had less of them this year, but if he can get them off at even strength, that's going to be huge for Edmonton. Kyler Yamamoto got recalled last year at 11 goals in the second half of the season. Uh, he's got one goal in his last 25 games. Zach Cassian had 15 goals last year. I think they were all at even strength. He had two goals this year. So a goal-scoring decline for those two right wings who are both going to play tonight. Uh, meanwhile, Alex Chason, yes, the Pugliarvi, have they offset that in your opinion? They really have. Pugliarvi and Chason have stepped up in a physical way. Um, you know, I, we, One of the things we look at in track is kind of hard plays at the net on grade eight chances, you know, kind of the tips and the jams, the goalie screens, the hard charges at the net, the battles won in front of the net. We tracked that. And Chase on and Pugliarvi have led the team this year. Chase on was number one and Pugliarvi was number two. That's in all situations. It includes the power play. So Chase on gets a lot of those plays on the power play, but he is extraordinarily good. There's some people who wonder like, why does he, why is he on the power play, this fourth line guy? But he is, he's magic out there. He knows his role so well. He causes such havoc in front of the net that he opens up all kinds of passing seams for the other players. I can't imagine, you know, I can see him coming back for that reason alone almost. I mean, he can hold his own at even strength. Uh, Jesse Pugliarvi also playing just fantastic, rough, tough hockey in front of the net and causing havoc of his own. Unfortunately, this year with Yamamoto and Cassian, we see about half the rate of those kind of hard plays at the net as they had last year. And I think both of them have been banged up and injured. Uh, Both of them haven't had quite as much chemistry in general on the lines that they've been on. But for the Oilers to win this, they really need – those are two such key players – and uh, if they can just raise their level of physical play in this playoff series, if they're healthy enough to do so, that's going to be a, that could be a difference maker as well. David, what are your thoughts on Cuckoo coming in and playing ahead of Jones or Russell? Uh, well, if Chris Russell was healthy, I, you know, like if, if it was my pick, if I had a vote, I would vote for Chris Russell. He's just so solid defensively and won't cost you a goal against. I would pick him, which is not necessarily a popular choice, but that's that's how I would call it. Cuckoo played very well this year in the limited ice time that he got. He was very steady, kind of a not great at anything, but okay at everything. Whereas Jones was fantastic moving the puck, but he was he just leaked grade A chances and goals against. He just had a real problem with that this year, and you can see it across the in many of his stats, including I think his goals against uh, on ice stats. Caleb Jones 
if he was playing, I mean, he can step up. He he does offer so much on the attack that you think, oh, well, that, that might work out if he can keep it together um, in his own end, but he hasn't been able to. So I, I can see why the coach is going with someone else. All right, we're going to switch focus. Uh, the province of Quebec announcing if the Canadians get to a sixth game against the Leaf, there will be fans. Here are the updated numbers as per Alberta Health. Uh, currently... Uh, the province has administered a total of 2.24 million uh, uh, vaccinations so far. 42.8% of the population have received at least one dose. 7.4% fully vaccinated. There are currently uh, 20,000 active cases in Alberta, though the city of Edmonton, what the Edmonton Health Region has dropped, David, from about 6,500 down to 4,600 here over the course of the last uh, two weeks since uh, they've really closed and tightened things up. Where are we headed here? Do you think we can get, how quickly do you think we can get to 70% of the population receiving at least one vaccination and potentially, say, 30% being fully vaccinated? How quickly do you think that can happen? Well, uh, Dina Hinshaw said yesterday, the Chief Medical Officer of Health, that uh, of the population 12 and over, 50% of Albertans are now vaccinated. Okay. We also know from Premier Kenny, he's repeatedly said that at least 10% have natural immunity now, or acquired immunity because they caught the disease. So we're up to 60% of people who have pretty substantial protection right now from the disease. You know, the, the one thing that, that complicates things is the fact that we had a big outbreak. And even though people aren't dying nearly at the same rate, um, they, are, they are getting sick and our hospitals and ICU is really packed. So I think the only thing right now, the only argument, and it's a good one, uh, against having fans in the stands, for instance, is we can't have a super spread, spreader event. Um, we can't risk that because it will overwhelm the hospitals. But as soon as those numbers start coming down and they should be trending down sometime in early June, I think there will be no um, reasonable reason not to have fans in the stands. So I, I would say for the second round of the playoffs, the Habs were able to, they're going a little earlier, but for the second round of the playoffs, if the Oilers make it, uh, there's no reason, there's no credible reason, safety reason, uh, not to have 2,000, 3,000, 5,000 Oilers fans uh, at, the, at the hockey games. From the cult of hockey, and uh, for both the Edmonton Journal and the Edmonton Sun with Post Media, uh, their lead writer on the pandemic, David Staples. David, thank you very much for joining us here on Oilers Now. Glad to do it, Bob. Thanks for talking. You bet. 121 in Edmonton. We'll take a quick timeout. And when we come back, uh, well, we're going to get to the North Division report for Craig Hummel at REMAX Excellence. This is Oilers Now. Hi, this is Zach Cassian from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 6.30 Chet. Zach Attack back in there tonight for Edmonton. He's going to try to get rolling, playing a line uh, with James Neal and Ryan McLeod. Ryan will be a safe guy in the building tonight, no question about that. All right, uh, Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott with you. It is currently 125 in Edmonton. Do you want to mention there's an old saying in the car business, cars cost less than a task when Brent Ridge Ford is a 10-time Presence Award winner for customer satisfaction. They're open six days a week to serve you. They're following all COVID protocols to protect both customers and staff. Uncle Milt says they're low on used vehicle inventory, which makes now a perfect time for you to sell. Let the gang at Brent Ridge Ford lend a hand. You can reach them, one 877 or visit brentridge.com. We go to As Promised. 
our North Division Report. Brought to you Monday, Wednesday, Friday by Craig Hummel at REMAX Excellence. Here is Brandon Escott. Okay, well, Edmonton and Winnipeg kick off the North Division playoffs tonight. 7 o'clock here on 6.30. Chad, Jack, and Bob have the call all playoffs long. We also have extended City Ford face-offs for you here. Two hours per pregame, so obviously 5 o'clock this evening. Game 2 goes on Friday. That's also a 7 o'clock puck drop. Sunday is uh, in Winnipeg. Game 3, 5.30 puck drop. And then Game 4 on Monday, 7.45. So a a long weekend loaded up with Oilers hockey. Nothing wrong with that. And then on Thursday, uh, it is the Maple Leafs and Montreal Canadiens meeting in the postseason for the first time in 42 years. I know that the legends of each of those clubs were talking the other day about how excited they are to see that rivalry renewed in the modern incarnation as well. Brought to you by Craig Hummel at Remax Excellence. Finding your dream home, listing your old home. It all starts at soldtodayedmonton.ca. List it, sell it, move on. You know who else is added something to that rivalry, Brendan Escott? Somebody out there from TSN, uh, Craig Button, who for years did this show. Great guy, right? He has, uh, he's been, <laughs> said the Canadians wouldn't win a game. He's criticized, uh, Dominic Ducharme for his deployment of personnel. I, and I gotta tell you, I kind of agree. Like, if I'm the Canadians, I play Jesperi Kakaniemi, uh, and Caulfield as well as Romanov. I'm stunned that those guys are not in Montreal's uh, lineup. What about you, Brendan? Yeah, I, I, I can't fathom for a franchise that has had such struggle over the last decade of scoring, not developing scorers. You have that baked in, and that was basically Button's rant the other night, was that, you know, you've got a guy like Cole Caulfield who all he's done is score, and you're going to sit him out. And that's before we talk about Kakaniemi. So why are you drafting these players with the capital that you're using on them if you're not going to apply them in a situation where it's kind of win or go home you know you you can't give them any favors uh so i don't get it either it's obviously an indication they don't feel those players are ready for the physical nature of playoff hockey in my opinion or the coach is ensuring that the gm who went out and picked up a couple extra bodies like gustafson and merrill on defense and conversely uh so in the case of romanov coming out and then conversely up front Eric Stahl, who's minus 30 this year. He went minus 10 with the Montreal Canadiens after going minus 20 with Buffalo, playing Eric Stahl, who's been a great player in his career, ahead of uh, Kakadami. you got Corey Perry possibly playing ahead of a guy like Caulfield. Caulfield can flat out shoot the pill. Like, he's going to score. He might have a 40-goal season one year. He shoots the puck that well. Like, and, and, you know, I really like Kyler Yamamoto. He doesn't have the finishing ability of a Cole Caulfield, uh, to say the least. Cletus gets the word here on keys to tonight's game. He says, Bob, the more you drink, the less the outcome of the game means. But I still want to say go winners. See that again. The sincerity and depth of that text really speaks well of our show. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. When we come back for Legacy Heating and Cooling, John Shannon, our NHL insider. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. For most of us, crime is something we see on the news. We never think it could happen to us until it does. Loved ones are gone, and for the survivors, the scars will never heal. I'm Nancy Hickst, a senior crime reporter for Global News. And on this season of Crime Beat, I'll take you inside some of the most serious crime stories I've covered. Season 6 of Crime Beat is available now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, 
and all podcast platforms.